welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. Join cross-cultural leadership expert, Dr. Tom Vergus, as he offers perspectives and strategies on the issues affecting global leaders in the ever-changing world of global business. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. My name is Tom Vergus. I'm joined today by Dr. Jürgen Strauss. Hey, Jürgen. Hi, Tom. How are you going? I am terrific. Thanks. That's you? good. I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Now, what are we talking about today? Well, I thought today we could talk about leading in times of crisis. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and that's very topical right now, isn't it? It is very as, topical. As we record this, we're at the probably, well, it's the middle of January 2020, and uh, we've been experiencing some really severe bushfire crises all around the southeast of Australia and in South Australia as well. That's correct. Yeah, so that was what prompted the topic. I thought, um, you know, it's been really interesting to be, well, firstly, a a person participating in the crisis, of course, you know, as a citizen, Mm. looking at what's happening in the country, and also then watching the leadership or the different leaders deal with it. And it just prompted me to think about leading in times of crisis. So I thought, well, why not do a podcast on that, have a conversation around that? Mm. Yeah, that's a great topic, I think. And um, one of the things that strikes me, I mean, people make comments about the different leaders in terms of judging whether they're doing a good job or, or a bad job. And um, it reminds me a little bit of a discussion I had yesterday about feedback, you know, what is good and bad? And sure. I guess it raises the question of what what is leadership and what do people expect of their leaders in, in a crisis situation? That's true. And I suppose you can think about, well, so what is a crisis, mm. right? Because I was, you know, you, if you think about definitely the fires were a crisis. So I, I kind of think about crisis must be defined as, when things occur which are completely unexpected, mm. aren't they, right? So a fire would be, so if you think of natural disasters, fire, yeah, yeah. earthquakes, cyclones, right? That's so, right. Well, it's, it, I think it's more than that. It's unexpected, but it, it turns people's world upside down. Yes. I mean, it, it basically impacts on their lives in a way that it completely unexpectedly changes the direction of their life and you know results in loss of property and even worse loss of life life yeah yes and then i thought about well, what does a crisis look like in a corporate setting mm. right because obviously most of the people we're talking to are leaders global leaders what does it look like in a in a corporate setting and i thought well, it must be things like for instance if you have a massive cyber attack mm. right which really like penetrates your system, gets through your defenses. I mean, that would be a crisis. Yeah. Uh, if you had a probably a bad reaction on in the press. Mm. Yeah, that that certainly happens from time to time. We've seen that in the banking industry over the past couple of years here in Australia. Yep. Um, and I thought maybe maybe not so much a crisis, but I was reflecting on. If you have key personnel who leave, you know how in lots of organizations you have key people who who hold very specific mm. roles, and when they leave, if you don't have some form of succession planning in place, I suppose that could be some form of crisis. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose you get crisis, you know, which are obviously impacts the natural situation, but you also have 
corporate uh, situations as well in crisis. So the question, therefore, is as leaders, what do leaders need to do in terms of crisis? Mm. So I thought the first thing that leaders need to do is actually be calm. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> because people are panicking. That's right. Right? Yeah. People are like, I mean, one of the key aspects of the crisis is there's a whole lot of uncertainty around that. And if the leader is not calm and projecting an air of certainty, then that's just going to exacerbate that uncertainty. Yes, it's going to fuel mm. the uncertainty. So I think the thing about being calm is that as a leader, the leader needs to project a sense of stability, a sense of security, a sense of we are solid, right? So the environment may be in a crisis, mm. the situation may be in a crisis, but as an individual, as a person, I am calm and we will get through this. Yeah. You know, that sense of calm, I think, is is uh, really critical. Mm. The other thing I was thinking about in terms of crisis is you actually, as a leader, have to rely on a group of experts to give you advice. Mm. Because most times, in a, time, in, a, in a crisis situation, you are actually, I mean, you as a leader probably don't know much about it. Yeah. So you need your group of trusted advisors. So if you think about any situation like a fire or whatever, you need people who are experts in fire management to brief you and give you the recommendations, don't they? That's right, yeah, yeah. And, and you need to have full trust in those people that they know what they're doing and that they're on top of their game right then. That's right. Mm. So the importance then of distilling that information for you, because you know you obviously don't want all that information, but what's the key essence that you need to get from those individuals so that you can actually make some decisions? I'm thinking again around cybersecurity and mm. you know, when if something is that's a major hack into your system, it's like as a leader, what are the key things you need to know about? And again, you're reliant on other people. And it may be the case that you are reliant on external experts who then perhaps deal with your trusted advisors who then perhaps deal with you. Hmm. But you need to have that ability to actually say, I don't know about this. How do I be in a learning mode hmm. and ask the right questions? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Now that and it raises a question with me in terms of what you said earlier around projecting certainty and remaining calm. Yep. And yet underneath, I mean, I could imagine if I'm in a leadership position in a crisis, I'm probably churning inside because I'm yes. worried about the consequences and yet I know I've got to project this calmness. Now, if at the same time I say, well, okay, I need all these experts around me because I don't know and I, I'm telling the experts that, how do, how do you do that in a way that still keeps that calmness and projects a sense of certainty? That's a great observation. I think I, that's one of the reasons I love that word equanimity. Right? So equanimity is keeping calm in the midst of things going crazy. Hmm. So you know, you probably have seen, Jürgen, that uh, old picture of the duck just hmm. you know, very gently gliding across the lake, but you're underneath the paddling like crazy, yeah. right? 
So that image, for me, I think really demonstrates that as a leader, that you have to give that projection of calm and still be, you may be churning inside, mm. but be able to say that. Now, I think it's completely A-OK to, to say, actually, I don't know a lot about the area mm. and I have good experts that will f- give me the information mm. for it, you know, rather than making it up that yeah, I know yeah. everything there is about it. In fact, in some ways, that projects a lot more certainty because, you know, if, you, if you're pretending to be knowledgeable in all these areas where you're not, people can sense that even if they're not experts in that field. Correct. Either. Yet if you, um, let's say, the cyber attack and you say, well, I've got this, you know, cyber security specialist here on my team, he's going to look into plugging the hole, identifying the causes, rectifying any damage that's done, and then then we'll work to um, make sure it doesn't happen again in the future sort of thing. And, and you can outline the plan, which is your sense of calmness, and the expert will deal with the technical aspects of the specific uh, technology that, that is affected. That's correct. Which then leads us to the third point, which is around over-communication. Mm. I think in terms of crisis, a leader needs to over-communicate. And what do I mean by that? I think it's really important for a leader to be seen. So either you're out among the troops as such, you're seen in the trenches, but you want to be over-communicating. And really the point is around micro-messaging. So it's about small bite-sized pieces of messaging that as a leader you're constantly putting out across. And again, I think while I'm talking about you, I think of um, the event last year in New Zealand, mm. uh, the shooting yeah. uh, uh, you know, at, at the mosque, the unfortunate event, and that was a crisis. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. um, keep thinking about their prime minister, Jacinta Ardern at that time, just you know, constantly demonstrating, communicating, constantly with the media mm. you know, and being very clear and succinct in her messaging. Mm. Yeah, well, one of the things that struck me, and uh, you raised that example, I think that's a really good one. One of the things that struck me in that example that came through really strongly is the empathy that she clearly felt and displayed for the people directly impacted by the disaster. And yeah. I think that that is, for me, that's one aspect and maybe, I don't know whether that applies as much in the corporate world, but I think it does. Oh, I think and it does. I think that's one aspect that really gives people a sense of certainty in a crisis. That's right. So, which is actually the fourth point. In, it's about demonstrating empathy. Hmm. Yeah, having a sense of compassion. It's actually being able to identify with those people who are suffering the loss, hmm. right? Uh, be they farmers or tourists or employees, mm. how right. yeah. do I as a leader demonstrate empathy to kind of say, I get your situation, right? I understand, appreciate what you're going through and here are some of the things that we are doing mm. right now to go uh, through that. Of course, the other thing, and I wonder what your view on that is, uh, communication, because if you take a corporate situation and the cyber attack is a really good example, there's... A bunch of different stakeholders. So you have the employees of the company, mm. but then you have customers and then you have shareholders. And of course, the shareholders are not really interested in 
any uncertainty or even the hint of a crisis mm. um, and you have a wider community around that uh, that business, that company. Yeah. So what's your view on the communications in into all of those different um, audiences? I think you raise a good point, Jürgen. There may be an, a need to communicate different messages to the different stakeholders. Hmm. Now, I suppose what you would say to the employees may be different to the shareholders. Hmm. There'll be a certain consistency through it, yeah, yeah. but you may want to just either elaborate on certain things or, uh, you know, shorten the uh, hmm. messaging. Yeah, well, certainly there'd be a call to action to employees yes. that's much stronger than with the shareholders who you want to placate and make sure that they understand that the situation is under control Indeed. and the customers, in the case of a cyber attack, they'd be worried about, is my data yeah, secure? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, is, yeah. Has, has somebody got into my account if, it's a, you know, if there's online transactions happening? Mm. Yeah. And the fifth point... Uh, in terms of leading in a crisis, I think is the importance of self-care. Mm. That as a leader, you need to be able to actually take some time out. So either in terms of phys your physicality, so exercise, or making sure you get enough sleep, or making sure you allow some time for meditation, or some quiet time, Whatever that you need to do, you know, listen to music, mm. walk on the beach, self-care, I think, becomes really important because, again, it's easy to get caught up in the energy of the crisis. And yeah. as a leader, it's really important that you, again, demonstrate that, you know, that ability to hold what I, you know, that space, right, mm. to hold mm. the space. So, yeah, those are the things that I thought of leading a crisis, five points that we've uh, talked about. One is... Uh, ensuring uh, that uh, we maintain calmness. The second point was really around ensuring that you have a group of trusted advisors around you who can give you the information. The third thing was around over-communication, micro-messaging, again, to different stakeholders. The fourth point was around demonstrating empathy. Hmm. And the fifth was around self-care, yeah. looking after yourself. Hmm. The self-care one is an interesting one, and and I it comes back to you know the trusted advisors thing. I think one of the things that is good for the leader's self-care there is to have other people in his sphere who can also step into leader role there, so that um, if if he needs time out, for example, or she or, se or she, or she <laughs> for the self-care, yeah that they can bring on somebody else to do all the communication to maintain that level of certainty without uh, people thinking all of a sudden the leader's gone AWOL and they uh, they get worried about what's happening what's now. What's happening, yes. Mm. Yeah, so again, that importance of, of, of... Yeah, I suppose it's having that, you know, again, that chain of command, right? Mm. Even though we may not be as embedded with hierarchy... 
that there is in terms of crisis, the chain of command becomes important because sometimes decisions need to get made mm. and you don't actually have a lot of time. So it goes back to the who's got the call on this yeah. and who's going to make that, um, That's make right. that choice. Yeah. yeah. Good points, yeah. All right. So what's the reflection point you'd like to leave the listener today? I think the reflection point, uh, well, a number of things. is is One is I think it's useful for you to, as a leader, to think back on have you actually experienced any crises yourself? And, of course, all of us will. It's it's all relative, isn't it, mm-hmm. what a crisis is, right? It's relative. So for somebody who's, uh, you know, I don't know, 10 years old and not being able to get the iPad to play <laughs> yeah. with. That could be a crisis. <laughs> or the iPad doesn't work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you would have been a crisis. <laughs> so I think the question was really reflect on the time when you've had your crises in your own career or in your own life and how have you dealt with it. Mm. That would be one. And the second point would be, you know, just to keep these things in mind as you go in to any form of crisis, and it doesn't have to be extreme, but I think you know, it's important for us to be able to kind of say as a leader, there are some key things that I need to keep in mind. And during times of crisis where things are heightened, mm. right, where emotions are flared and people may be just on edge, even more important as a leader to be able to, to be calm. And so that whole sense of being able to breathe mm into the space becomes important. Yeah, so that would be my reflection mm. points. Great yeah, advice. Good. Yeah, good good discussion topic. I think very topical right now. Indeed. Thanks, Tom. You're welcome. Thanks, Jagan. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on CQ for Global Leaders. To find out more or contact us, go to culturalsynergies.com.